1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of In the Market Trenches. If this is your first time checking us out, we're available anywhere podcasts are available. You can check us out at snn.network. You can check us out at uh, inthemarkettrenches.podbean.com. You can check us out on the SNN YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash SNN Wire. Gary, good to see you.
0: Good to see you, sir.
1: Yeah. Uh, so what's the topic for today? No guests. It's just you and me. We're after the Thanksgiving holiday. What are we talking about?
0: Uh, I think today we're going to spend some time on rights offerings. What do you think about that? I like it. Uh, we have you know, we've
1: been following a company for a little while. It's doing a rights offering now. So I, I like it. We'll
0: kick the tires on that one a little bit. I don't know that we'll do anything with it. What do you think?
1: Uh, with the company that we're following?
0: Yeah. Maybe? Eh, I don't
1: know. It's. I like the leadership. Uh, space is okay. Quality of assets is meh. But... You know, it's a rights offering, and so I won't yeah. pay attention.
0: Yeah, and and this is sort of in the vein. The last episode, we had uh, Mark Wanderwall, Googie, and he's sort of uh, the whole concept of uh, rights offerings. I, I have to give him a, a, a tip of the hat, a tip of the beanie. Tip of the beanie. It's <laughs> outside here today. Um, it's it's, uh, it's, a, it's beanie day here on uh, in the market trenches, but I got to give him a, a tip of the beanie because um, – you know, I didn't know I don't think I knew him at the time but he wrote up a rights offering on the value investors Club it sort of got us started on on, on doing them and getting to know them a little bit and um, you know he, he's uh, I mean he's googie on there obviously but um, you know he wrote one of them up and and this was probably gosh when did when did they when did they write up that uh, the original one that we did um, was that 2013 2014? probably yeah 20 i think it's 2013 because because that one came with some warrants and those expired yeah. in 10 years which was 2023 right so yep, it must yep. have been a 2013 offering september of 2013 now uh, call okay that helps me back into it so right, rights offerings this company that we're looking at comes out and says that they're doing a rights offering and that just sort of got me thinking about rights offerings in general and you know googie a little bit and whatever else and um Sort of. There's good rights offerings. There's rights, there's rights offerings that we like, and there's rights offerings that we don't just, want to know anywhere near. It, what is a rights offering? Okay, so start, we'll start at a high level. Company, publicly traded a company, wants to needs to raise some wants or needs to raise some money, and yep. you've got a variety of different ways to access capital markets. So you can do a secondary offering and just sell stock to somebody different, or you can do what's known as a rights offering, uh, or you can do some other security, some other hybrid, you do placement, whatever. There's all kinds of different ways. Um, But one of the more democratic ways to raise money um, because lots of people, when you do a placement, they don't want, you know, the shareholders don't like the dilution that comes from from a placement. They want to be able to preserve their sort of proportionate ownership interest. One of the more democratic ways to do and allow for that is via rights offering. So everybody who who already owns stock in the company as of a given date, a record date would have the right to um, put more money into the company at a specified price. Uh, so, So for every share you own, you'd get some, some right to put money in for either a whole share a fraction of a share several shares sort of all over the map in terms of what we've seen and how we've seen them but um, it's a right it's a, it's a right it's a rights yeah
1: offering. and so it's it's a it is a right and if so if you're a holder on the record date you will get a new symbol in your account uh Q-Sip or a symbol and that represents the right and sometimes those rights are tradable sometimes they're non-tradable you have to look at the filing documents to see um, if they are going to be tradable or not right and then that right allows you to purchase a certain amount of shares of stock again you have to look at the filing documents to see what you're entitled to and then when you we should
0: we should say stock or some other basket of securities because we've seen instances right, where, right. where it's it's where it's a preferred security convertible preferred security warrants um maybe we've seen a debt piece here or there um but it's sort of all over the map in terms of what these things look like. It's, it's when you've seen one, you've sort of seen one and it's, and it's kind of the, and all of these sort of have, um, you know, their own structure to them, uh, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so this is a place that we've spent some time on over the years. It's generally a place where we, we, we've tended to do okay. Um, but it's, it's also one of those places where, you sort of need to pick and choose your spots, right? Right. And so, and so how do we how do we go about doing that? So we have one that we're looking at right now, um, sort of in a beaten up sector. So oftentimes when a company's doing this, it's because the sectors, sometimes they're serial capital raisers and those we tend to avoid. So oftentimes um, there's companies at duties again and again and again, because they're always raising money because they're always burning through cash. That's not something that we're typically all that interested in. Um. What we are interested in is if there's some sort of opportunity or some sort of quasi distress, and this is the way of uh, this is potentially a way of addressing it, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or there's some sort of investment opportunity that the money mm-hmm. is needed for, and and that's sort of when we take a look at these things. So, what do we what do we normally like to see when we when we when we take a look at one of these things?
1: Yeah. So, I think one of the things that's interesting about rights offerings is you have a company that's looking to raise X millions of dollars of capital, and they do it via a rights offering. Typically what's gonna happen is you're gonna have a backstop party. So it's Mm -hmm. basically um, current shareholders as of that record date are allowed to participate. Sometimes you're allowed to oversubscribe. So there's what you're entitled to exercise, and then sometimes you get an oversubscription privilege, and this is for Mm -hmm. the regular shareholders. For any of the shares that go on an exercise, this is where this backstop party comes in. So we talked about this in the Full House episode, Full House did a rights offering, you know, several Mm -hmm. years back and they had a backstop party to that. And so the backstop party basically agrees to put in any of the unexercised capital so the company could fulfill their capital raising need or desires. So, A lot of times they'll get a fee for doing
0: so and they'll be guaranteed a certain amount of the offering if everybody subscribes.
1: Right. And so we talked about this with Stephen Keel. We talked about this with Peter Rabivore in our episodes. You know, we could talk about this with almost all of our guests that we have to try and figure out what are the incentives of the investors. And so oftentimes, you know, especially with micro caps, you have this backstop party that wants to put in more capital, but they can't do it in the open market. If they try and buy that amount of stock in the open market, they're just going to blow out the stock price. And so they yeah. do it via this rights offering.
0: And And a lot of times when we see, when we see this happening, it's typically smaller or micro cap companies. It's not the biggest companies in the world that are raising money this way, normally under normal circumstances. So usually it's something that's small, it's beaten up. It might have a history of disappointing investors for one reason or another, or, you know, there's some sort of balance sheet issue or something else, some other reason that they're doing it. Right. And so, um, you know, what we're looking at is if there's a backstop agreement, sometimes they don't have a backstop agreement. There's no backstop agreement. Well, that's, we're typically a little bit less interested. Um, but if there's a backstop agreement, we're taking a look at who the backstopping party is, right? Is Mm -hmm. it, um, so in the full house example, it was actually the CEO himself was part of the backstopping party. That's, that's sort of, um, that, that got us pretty interested. Um, in others, it's maybe a big fund or something like that. Right. Um, what else have we seen in terms of some of these, um, in terms of the pricing, a lot of times it happens to some sort of at some sort of discount, right? Yep. Um, yep. whether it's a discount to the last 20 trading days or, um, you know, some other goal post, um, you see some sort of discount. And I don't know about you, but I, I kind of prefer when we do, when we look at these for them to be relatively large in relation to the companies, if we're interested in, we prefer that it be somewhat large relative to the company's size right yep and 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 why is that
1: so for me uh, it the size is important but the parties that are backstopping it to me are what's more important and so if it's large with a current shareholder that wants to put in a significantly more amount of money to me that just says you know, there's something good that's going to happen or something good is evolving with the company. Um, and I get really encouraged
0: by that. That that gets me excited. We, we, we want it to look like is a, a way for, you know, people who are already involved in the company to engineer sort of a, an off-market deal to put money in. It's sort of right. a, a contrived price. But the reason I mentioned the size is because you mentioned sort of exercising and over-subscription privileges and all this other stuff. A lot of times, you have um, who's involved, people who are involved in these things that aren't a big shareholder or management themselves, or sort of, you know, mom and pop investors. And um, oftentimes, they'll get these rights, whether they're tradable or not tradable. You know, sometimes that plays into how we think about these things. But that's sort of a, almost a side issue because it's relatively large. What happens is inevitably you see sort of the company the, the it sort of grinds so they it sort of grinds the offering price towards the close of the offering and so it's sort of it's this mechanical aspect because people can't if you can't subscribe to these things will, like you can't use a mark i don't think the brokers let you use margin to subscribe to your offering and so oftentimes what will happen is people will subscribe and let's say you know the stock is $2 the offering price is a buck 50 um you know they'll they'll exer- if, at 2 bucks they'll exercise their right and then they'll sell the stock to financing it and so you sort of have this mechanical aspect on what's going on in the market as this offering draws to a close, you have sort of like a whole mechanical apparatus that takes hold. And when it's big in relation to the underlying, the stronger that, um, the stronger that dynamic is, right?
1: Yeah, and so just to go through that example again, you know, you if you own the stock at two dollars and the exercise price of the rights it's buck fifty, well, you could sell your stock at two dollars. You're going to get cash. Then you exercise your rights. You could buy the stock at a buck fifty, and so it's a way to kind of arb that difference. Now, the reason that there's that spread and it doesn't grind to the exercise price right away is because things can change. um Backstop you know, things could happen to backstop party rights. Um, yeah, there's, you have to file, you have to go through amended file, you have to file a registration
0: statement. It needs to be approved. And right, it has to, so, so that so may not a risk happen. To that.
1: Yeah. Right. There yeah. are risks to that. There are delays to when the rights offering could actually happen. You know, I've seen it a couple of times where it gets delayed, delayed, delayed. And so you're not going to see this immediate, sometimes you might, but typically, I mean, we don't see this you know immediate repricing down to the exercise price because of its risk but what i found is as you get closer to that exercise date, then you're you're going to be pretty close to
0: the exercise price assuming that everything looks kosher right and you and you and i joke particularly in the large ones that it's sort of like so it, the arbitrage mechanism is almost like physics in a way right like uh, but we've seen a lot of things happen between where the announcement happens and when the and when, and when the offering closes, like sometimes they'll get called off, sometimes they'll get repriced, sometimes yeah. All kinds of all kinds of things like that have, have tended to happen. Um, so you know, in terms of um, in terms of that, I mean, so at the very least we look at it because we think it might create an interesting trade, we'll say, at, at, at sort of a mechanical thing. And once the offering is done and closed sort of that dynamic sort of evaporates and maybe there's an interesting trade there right right yeah uh, um, but and then in terms of how we think about it on a longer term basis like maybe it's something you want to stick around and own for a while i think then how do we think about that uh
1: i feel like you're leading me down a path here but i don't know i don't know your answer at this one go ahead go ahead um, no, I, like think I think it's so just our regular process
0: in in terms of what do we think the money's for, how would you know like it's it's like any other analysis that we do outside you know outside the
1: mechanic. Yeah, I, I thought I thought there was some trickery in your question. It was pretty straightforward. Yeah. No, no no <laughs> trickerations there.
0: Just uh, <laughs> just just a straight dope. And so you know, we're looking
1: yeah. I, I mean I I don't I wouldn't say I mean, sometimes you do it as a trade. I would say more often than not when we're doing this, we have the idea that we we do want to own the company for some period of time after after the exercise period do we still want yeah. to own it in the size that we have i don't know maybe we want to pare it back a little bit if you get some repricing after the exercise price sure maybe um but yeah i mean we're, we're doing these with businesses that we think management is incentivized to put money in good things are happening
0: um, so how do we play how do we think about um there's so there's the tradable versus the non-tradable how do we determine whether or not we want to try to get be part of the trade the if it's non-tradable you know if we want to be part of the offering or not and that versus you know some other instances because i think i feel like we've done over the years we've bought rights and exercised them we bought the company and got the rights and then exercised them and been and, and done been part of that our process um and then we've sort of there's other instances where we've sort of we didn't feel like we needed to buy the buy the rights or buy the company to get the rights because it was big and we felt like it might get to the offering price just nature will take its course and we'll get a chance to participate, um, potentially, uh, you know, without, uh, without having to go through the whole rigmarole of, uh, of, of the exercise price process and whatever else. So how do we, how do we think about that?
1: I would say that that's on a case by case basis. I mean, there's so many unique factors. when you look through, uh, some of the, the S one filings, when, uh, they're declaring all the terms of the deal, you just have to understand what you're looking at. You know, yeah. What's the record date? Who are the backstop parties? What's the exercise price in relation to the current market price? Um, are they tradable? Are they non-tradable? Because there are some times where you may look at this and say, you know, you have a high degree of confidence that there aren't going to be issues as you get to the exercise date, you have tradable rights, and maybe you sell the stock and you just accumulate the rights. Uh, mm-hmm. If there's a wide enough gap between the current market price and the exercise price, I mean, you're going to have to pay. There's some value to the rights, uh, and so you'll have to pay money for that. So it's just doing the math to determine again that spread between the exercise price and the market price and the price that the rights are trading at. You know, does that doesn't
0: make sense? Um, yeah, I, I think. Um... The one other wrinkle to it is whether or not there's some securities that are being offered that we don't think are going to trade all that much that we might want to own. So the original one that Googie pointed out to us way back many years ago, um, you know, that one came with a, with a package of warrants. And I, when I looked at, and the rights traded in the marketplace, and when I looked at that, I thought, well, there's no way, there's no way somebody's going to buy these rights and exercise them and get these warrants and, and want to trade them. They're just going to want to own them and hold on to them. And uh, do I want to own them too? Um, you know, so there, there's that element. There was another one where there was like, a, like a convertible pref that was involved. You got, you got some of that as well. And like, so like if, 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 cause sometimes what we've seen with these is management tends to create the security that they themselves want to own. And so it, um, you may not be able to get that security without participating in the offering. So that's another interesting, interesting wrinkle along all with, with these, but, you know, so I think at a high level for us, it's what's the money for it's not somebody that's serially doing this because they're constantly setting money on fire. Um, and then sort of, um, you know, on a longer term basis, do we like, you know, what, what's going on and, and and how do we participate? Um, what kind of, what kind of basket of stuff are we getting and, and all that good stuff. Right.
1: Yeah. And so how do you, how do you find rights offerings? I know Googie, he's, he was on a podcast. This was years ago where he described kind of his search process and, you know, he sets up, uh Google Alerts. Um yeah. for just the term
0: rights offer. That that, that uh, might have even been producer Bobby's podcast. Producer Bobby, was that your podcast?
1: That was producer Bobby. Oh man, what a great
0: podcast. Listeners can't see hand gestures, producer Bobby.
1: Wow, he gave us the thumbs Well he gave me the middle finger and he gave Gary the thumbs up.
0: <laughs> he gave me the <laughs> like one finger not- salute. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah for for not knowing it uh, his podcast. Well that was a great episode, yeah. He,
0: Bobby. So- So he's got, he's got Google alerts set up, um, and, uh, we do keyword alerts in sec filings. And that's typically the way we, we, we come across them. Um, you know, we've got some of them for that. We've got other ones that we use as well. You know, anytime, you know, a certain word or phrase appears in a filing, we at least want to take a look at the filing to see why it's there. Um, that's how we tend to find some of these things. And, uh, you know, over the years, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's an idea or two a year that comes up this way, right? I mean, how many of these do you th- would you say that we get involved in a year? One or two feel about right.
1: I think one, one, yeah, one to two a year sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, they're they do them all the time, but like I say, some people, some companies just do them because they're serial capital raisers,
0: and certainly I will tell you the one, the one up, to, the serial the serial capital capital raisers are a red flag to me, but also um, even if so, so, sometimes we've seen management really try to like. Uh, sort of uh, bear hug a company. And yeah. that's also another one of those where we gotta look at the people involved and whether or not we like them or whatever, uh, and whether we think that, you know, um, as outside minority shareholders alongside them, we're gonna be treated with respect and treated well, because um, not everybody treats outside minority shareholders that way. Uh, so, in um, this most recent one that we were looking at, um, I don't know that we'll do anything with it. I guess we'll take a look and see how it trades. and. It didn't seem. What was it? it was like a ten million dollar offering that, and it was a twenty or thirty a thirty or forty million dollar company. So that's yeah. that's that's large. I don't know if it's large enough. And so, uh, you know, I guess we'll have to see what happens with that. But um, that was, um, you know, so just as context, like, what do you consider large? Do you consider twenty five percent of the market cap to be large? Do you consider it? I kind of think I half.
1: Would, yeah, I would. I think that's probably what I would consider large.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah enough where you're going to have people actually trying to finance it in orbit. Right. Cause it was right. not that big. Like with the one that we did on full house, that was not large in relation to full house. Right. It was only yeah. uh, like, you know, five or 6 million bucks. I think. Right. And I, I don't and even it,
1: think that one ever traded down to the
0: exercise price. And that's yeah. again
1: because it just wasn't, it wasn't as big.
0: But we also had that expectation because it wasn't going to be as big, and, and people kind of liked and trusted Dan, and we're going to put and we're going to put money, or they were going to they wanted to invest alongside of him. Um, right. So we also actually in that one we didn't expect it to go all the way to the offering price. So. Yep. No. Yeah. So um, we have a few live case live case studies that we've done on these things, um, and we'll probably talk more about those in future episodes. Um, but I've, I felt like you know, given that we were looking at one, you know, sort of at a high level today, sort of walking through what we. You know how we look at these things and sort of what we're looking for was 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 probably some time well spent. It helps me flush out my thought process anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like you said earlier, I mean, these are all unique in their own way. So we'll you know we'll do individual case studies on each, You know, we talked about Full House. We talked about another one when when Chris Summers was on. He kind of when he was talking about his experience at Greenlight, um, he alluded to a, a rights offering that was done that you and I could talk
0: about a little bit more in depth. Um, yeah. That was the um, old biofuel, uh, which then became Greenberg, right? Greenbrook so. partners. Yep.
1: Um, yeah, that was an interesting story. That was probably and just for really housekeeping. We don't own full
0: house. We don't own Greenbrook. We don't own it. Uh, yeah,
1: we don't, I don't, I don't own any of that. Do you? Nope. Okay. No, I don't You can speak for both of us with
0: that one. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know if you had any, uh, you know, any, anything. I mean, I, I pay attention, but it's, uh, know yeah, it's yeah. If there's a small residual stake or something. It's uh, well stunning. So,
1: yeah. Well, good recap uh, on on Wright's offerings. Uh, yeah, it was good to just chat about flush out flush out our thought process. Um,
0: anything else? No, I think we've got a um, you know we talked to somebody yesterday who's going to be a good good guest to have maybe on for a couple of the different ones. And so we're hoping to have some more stories with with folks uh, who can share sort of things they've learned along the way and maybe teach us some things about um sort of certain market structures and some other stuff like that that i think are kind of interesting and maybe underappreciated by equity investors so uh, hopefully we'll, we'll learn something
1: yeah no i'm, I'm stoked to have him on and, and talk about his experience i think it's
0: a pretty unique perspective all right so you want to uh, take us home i uh, so uh, we're having a snow day here in, in jersey so good for you
1: well Oh, well, actually yeah i'm getting some snow here too <laughs> All right. Thanks, uh, thanks everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, remember, you can check us out anywhere podcasts are available. You can check us out at the trenches.podbean.com, Check us out at snn.network, or you can check us out on the SNN YouTube channel. That's youtube.com snnwire. Thanks again, everyone. Gary, can't wait to see you again in person. You're looking great with that beanie. That's the beanie it. And uh, we'll talk to
0: everyone soon. All right. Take care.